Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Our reading today is Psalm 47. For the director of music of the sons of Korah, a psalm. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. For the Lord Most High is awesome, the great King over all the earth. He subdued nations under us, peoples under our feet. He chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loved. God has ascended amid shouts of joy, the Lord amid the sounding of trumpets. Sing praises to God. Sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises, for God is the King of all the earth. Sing to him a psalm of praise. God reigns over the nations, God is seated on his holy throne. The nobles of the nations assemble as the people of the God of Abraham, for the kings of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. How's it going sharing the gospel? How's it been during the last few months? I wonder if, like me, you've lost your enthusiasm. It's been hard sharing the gospel during lockdown. There'll be different reasons for different people. Um, Perhaps, you know, it seems that our lives have shrunk, shrunk down in a way. Our circles are smaller. We're not seeing that many people. Who am I meant to be sharing the gospel with? Or maybe it's that life has just been hard enough anyway. We've all found it hard in different ways. Some getting sick, some losing loved ones, some having to work really hard, some being cooped up and missing friends and family. It's been hard. And maybe we're feeling like we've got no desire to add one more hard thing of trying to share the gospel with those who don't believe. Or maybe... We're struggling as a Christian, not being at church, not seeing our friends, feeling distant from God. We can't be telling other people about him now. We've lost our enthusiasm for evangelism. Now the psalm series over the summer has actually resonated really well with many of us, hasn't it? Life is hard and these psalms are songs for people lamenting, needing to pour out their feelings to God. I know for some these have felt like gifts from God just when we needed them. But the psalm today is different and I think it's a good one to end on. It's upbeat, it's joyful, it's a song of praise and it calls on all the nations and non-Christians to join in the celebration. So maybe if we've lost our enthusiasm, this might stir us up. I hope it will. I'm well aware that each week there are those who don't claim to be Christians joining in. And maybe this psalm might show you just what it is on offer from Christianity. It's not all a life of lamenting. There is joy too. Now I've got one main point today and two brief extra things to follow on. But if you only take one thing away, make it the first thing. It's this. It's the message of the psalm. We're offering joy. When we share the gospel with the world, we're offering joy. Look at verse 1. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. 
This is ancient Israel calling out to the nations around them, nations who worship other gods, but inviting them to celebrate their God, join in our party and make some noise. Verse 3 shows that these are nations who have been defeated in war, but the tone isn't scoffing, they're now invited to share the joy. Verse 5, God has ascended amid shouts of joy, the Lord amid the sounding of trumpets. So now they're picturing their God rising up to his throne and they're loving it. It's a loud, joyful celebration. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises for God is the King of all the earth, sing to him. A psalm of praise. They're calling for songs of praise. You know, praises are when we say to someone, you're so good, I'm so happy because of you, I'm so thankful for all you do. And Israel are praising their God and they're inviting the other nations to join in. And they will join in. Verse 9, the nobles of the nations assemble as the people of the God of Abraham. The ancient people of God will be added to by many others coming in, all full of joy and joining the celebration of their God. I wonder, those of you looking in today, is this what you expected? Is this what you thought Christianity was all about? You know, it's not all obedience. It's not submission. It's not shutting up and listening. It's a party full of joyful praise. And Christians, is this how you think of it? You know, Jesus did. Think of all those uh, pictures he used of banquets and parties. You see, the God of the Bible is a God who is so good and does so much for us. And what he really wants is that we enjoy him. The only thing he wants in return is a thank you. Now, that might not be what we expect from God, but it is what we see in other areas of life. Husbands will do so much for their wives, not to get something in return, but because they love them. And they want to make them happy. And a thank you at the end makes it all worthwhile. Or a mum with kids, you pour yourself out for your children. You, you help them, you drive them all over the place, you prepare meals for them. You're not then expecting them to do something for you. You just want them to be happy. And when you can see that they are, and when they unprompted say thank you, it brings you such joy. So is it such a surprise that God is like this? He does everything for us. He just wants us to be happy. And you might say, well, what does he do for us? Well, for one, he's made this world and given it for us to enjoy. So when we head off into the Peak District, it's right that we enjoy it and we praise God for it. And when we eat a delicious meal, we can savour it and give thanks that he made things so tasty. And he's given us all these other people, people who make life worth living. So when we have the best time hanging out with a friend, we should give thanks to God that God made them. And when we fall in love with the most amazing person, we should give thanks that God put them in our path. And when our kids bring us delight... Our minds should turn to the one who gave them to us and praise him. And everything else too, experiences, work, rest, music, art, sport, God gave it all to us for our good. And for all of it, we should give joyful thanks.
Now, we should note our failure to do this, Christians and non-Christians alike. We don't praise God like we should, so we say sorry. But then God forgives us, and so even more we can give thanks for that. We can enjoy his grace and his mercy too. It's all joy. Now look, we could spend hours listing the things which we have to be joyful about, but let's just see the big picture. We're offering joy. When we share the gospel with others, we're offering joy. So friends, could this be why we've lost our enthusiasm? We're not feeling the joy ourselves. We're not realising how special what we have to give to others really is. We're inviting them to the party, but maybe... We're not enjoying the party ourselves. Maybe we need some time for ourselves, praising God. It's a shame that we can't all sing together, but you can at home or or in the car. Get some Christian songs playing, turn up the volume and seek for joy. And as we share the gospel with others, we've got to remember that we have something to offer which is joyful. Now that's the main thing. I've just two more other pieces to note from this psalm. First, we're offering joy to everyone. Joy to everyone. And I think this is where the big clash with our society comes actually. Most people would say Christians are free to worship their God. They can give praise and joyful thanks as much as they like. But other religions, Muslims, Hindus, atheists, they're free to do their own thing. No religious group should be too aggressive in saying other religions are wrong and people should join them. But we're saying we want everyone to join in with us. So how can we say that? How can we, uh, how can we do that? Well, the answer given in the psalm is that God is the king of everyone. Not just some people. So our offer should be for everyone, not just some people. Now, we probably presume this sort of politically correct idea is quite a modern thing, and in Bible times they didn't actually think like this, but they sort of did. Back then, each nation had their own god, each region was considered watched over by different gods, each king was looked after by their god, and that was kind of accepted. They served their god, we serve our god. But Israel didn't accept it. They were the politically incorrect ones. They had psalms that said things like this. Verse 2, for the Lord most high is awesome, the great king over all the earth. And verse 7, for God is the king of all the earth. Verse 8, God reigns over the nations. And verse 9, the kings of the earth belong to God. You see, they're not accepting that nations or foreign kings can have other gods. They're saying their god is the king of all the earth. There are no qualifications according to region. You see that all the time. Big claims qualified by place. He's the fastest man in Britain. Yeah, but he's not the fastest in the world. He's the tallest person in Wales. Okay. And it gets silly. This is the best-selling pork pie on the Isle of Wight. Who cares? No, we want worldwide claims. The best, I think, is in boxing. When someone wins a fight and they get this title, it's the best title in all of sport, you'll know it. They are the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. No region, no weight restriction, 
No one beats them. That's the sort of claim we want. And that's what's being said about God. He is the undisputed God of all. He's the king of all the earth. Not just one region, not just one people group. Everyone is under him. And so everyone should be invited to join in his celebration. Maybe then this is a challenge on who we share the gospel with. When I was at uni, the lads I lived with came from different religious backgrounds. There was a lapsed Catholic, a firm atheist, and three nominal Hindus. And I was much happier chatting with the lapsed Catholic. He would talk, he would come to church. The others, I was too scared. But I should have known that God is for them all. And yes, it can be hard. But don't we so quickly forget that we're actually offering our friends joy? And I presume uh, today there are people from different religions listening in. And understandably this is tough to hear. And you might completely disagree. But it's good at least to be clear what the Bible says. And I'd just invite you to find out a little more. Maybe read your own scriptures and also read the Bible and think about how the gods compare and how you might decide who truly is the God of all. We've got to think about it. And this leads on to the final thing I want to say. We're offering joy to everyone. But also, we're offering joy with evidence. How do we know God is the king of everyone? How do we know there's joy with him? What's the proof? Well, the answer given by the psalm is we know because of what he's done. There's evidence. Verse 3. He subdued nations under us, peoples under our feet. He chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loved. For the nations at the time, the proof was the victories for Israel. This could have been about the conquest of the land. This was what's referred to as their inheritance in verse 4. God chose it in advance and then basically just gave it to them. They came in and they took it with miraculous ease. They won their battles, they conquered cities, they overcame superior numbers. And the nations around should have seen it and thought, oh, maybe their God really is the king of all the earth. Or it could have been about protection in later times. You know, these laments over the last few weeks describe attack from enemies around them. But God kept them safe. And the nation should have seen it and thought, oh, maybe their God really is the king of all the earth. And just the same way, the evidence is the church. God has done remarkable things for Christians around the world. The gospel has spread everywhere. And wherever it went, it faced opposition, but it could not be stopped. China's just one example. The communist regime in China, they tried to clamp down on Christianity to wipe it out, but it kept on growing. And so people should see and think, oh, maybe their God really is the king of all the earth. And it's true in individuals too, God doing wonderful things in people's lives, overcoming troubles, defeating addictions, or just changing people's characters to remove the rough and replace with good. And if it's one of your friends, you might see it and you should think, oh, maybe God really is the king of all the earth. But most of all, 
the evidence is Jesus. He's the one to think about. Jesus had the greatest ever victory. He died, but then miraculously rose again to new life. And it was when people saw Jesus alive that they believed. Or when they heard the eyewitness testimony, they realized, oh, the God of Israel really is the king of all the earth. So what's the proof? It's that Jesus rose from the dead. So please, if you're wondering about this, you've got various things to think about. The history of Israel, the history of the church, the Christians you know. But most of all, it's Jesus and his resurrection. Read the Gospels for the accounts. And then find some resources to help you. On our website, there's a link to a bookstore with books about this. There's also videos answering common questions about Christianity. And in the autumn, we'll be running a course for people to come on and find out more. If you're interested, just get in touch. It's all there to help you decide, is God really the king of all the earth? All people, even me? And ultimately, can I get in on knowing the joy of being friends with him? And Christians, remember that what we're offering isn't just joyful, it's true. There's evidence. Jesus really rose from the dead. So let's get chatting with people again. Let's get evangelism back on the radar. Let's talk about life. Let's say something about how being a Christian is impacting on us positively. And then let's follow up in some way. Offer a gospel. Invite someone to church. Invite on a course. Invite to read about the life of Jesus in the Bible with you. Just one-on-one. It would be wonderful to be doing that sort of thing again. We're offering joy. We're offering joy to everyone. We're offering joy with evidence.